Hello everyone, I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Welcome back. We have another in-studio today, kind of a local celebrity. Um... Josh Wolf. Josh is a father. I love how you put that, that first. first. Yeah, I think that, that means yeah. a lot. <laughs> Successful endurance coach, speaker, and seven-time U.S. triathlon All-American and six-time Ironman World Championship qualifier. Dang. He specializes in reframing mindsets, allowing us to achieve what we once thought was impossible. What a great power-packed bio. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Welcome, Josh. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) So let's kind of first start with you as the athlete. You're a competitive triathlete yourself. What made you fall in love with that sport? Yeah, I actually put a lot of thought in this. Uh, You know, you you asked me questions beforehand, which is good. So, you know, the, the biggest thing is that what I thought was my biggest weakness actually became my biggest strength. So uh, I was an, I'm not a born athlete. I always tell people I don't have a pedigree in this type of thing. I, I uh, played third grade baseball, and then I quit <laughs> for good reason. You know, you know they put the they put the really really good players out in outfield. Everybody knows this, and the outfield is where people you know when you're in third grade get to, to hang out and wait for balls to come, which never go there, right? Pick the grass right, between. Right. Yep. And that's exactly what I did. I sat there and I, I would flip the dandelions off the off the head, you know, oh, like, off I the off that. the stems. So. <laughs> Um, I think I was really good at chewing gum and that was about it. But, uh, <laughs> so I quit and I quit all sports and fast forward a little bit and, you know, I ended up getting really depressed and into all kinds of bad stuff and this and that. And, and what I noticed coming out of that was like, you really have to reframe your brain. You have to reframe your friendships. Like you have to change everything. Right. So like why endurance sports? For me, like I noticed that my biggest weakness, like my addictive personality, my compulsive behaviors, my needing to like really push the limits on every aspect of life to be fulfilled there. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of like fell into this passion of like being able to do things that I once thought was impossible over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you kind of tried to change things around? Yeah, that's good. Uh, so I uh, was in middle school high school and then fast forward a couple of years I needed needed to make a change and actually started lifting weights mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was an adult that I actually started getting into this sport I always joked that my very first triathlon people asked me hey Josh you want to do a triathlon I feel mm-hmm. like that's my life hey Josh you want to do this sure <laughs> and you're uh, the go-to yes guy right? yeah the yes guy <laughs> Josh, Josh will do anything <laughs> pretty much like, give it to Mikey Hill you think yeah <laughs> That uh, I, my first triathlon, somebody asked me to go, and I remember I was doing the, the doggy paddle, the breaststroke, just trying to get through it. And for two years, all I did was swim back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on the pool, like 125 at a time, and stop and try to figure out how to swim, because I had no idea. 
And uh, now it's really cool. And that's one of the biggest things I like to impress upon people is you're never too old to start anything mm-hmm. that you want to, you're passionate about, right? Right. I love those stories that, you know, discovering a sport or running or something, I've never done that before, and they end up being, like, amazing. Well, yeah, that's, what we, that's why we started this podcast, because we don't look at athletes just being in high school and college. Yeah. We want to be like the 105 year old running the 40 yard dash. I mean, like we I need to get. I, can do that. I know that lady was awesome, <laughs> but like that, that's what I want to do. Did I, you start running? I know usually triathlons, they mm-hmm. are runners that turn into that. Is that was your typical way to a triathlon, or how did you start? Yeah, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I started lifting weights, and then in college, I decided I needed a goal. I should run a marathon because everybody, yeah. you know, that's what people, <laughs> yeah. people think. <laughs> I called a friend of mine, and we, you know, he said, yeah, I'll do that with you. So I, I started running first, gotcha. and then I started cycling, and then I started doing the triathlon. And what's really cool, I think, is that, you know, in this sport especially, that I feel like once you've been to, like, the lowest of lows, running a couple more miles isn't a big deal. Mm. And I think that's why, again, I excel and I like this sport so much is, is because, like, it, it's not a, a big thing to have to go that deep all the mm-hmm. time, you almost get to the point, and this is kind of sadistic, where you want that feeling because you know what happens from there. You can't you can't get much lower than that, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. if you go there, then, like, in an Ironman, like, a, a really long distance race, 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and then 26.2-mile run. Like, if, if you go there, once <laughs> yeah. you hit that spot, well, you're not going to get much worse than this, so here I am. <laughs> Might as well. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Embrace the suck. You know, it's really cool. Yeah. And then, like, imagine the feeling when you're done. I can't imagine, like, well, if I've done this, I can do You anything. probably can't feel anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> but a sense of <laughs> well, accomplishment we'll coming him. from that. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. And I like how, you know, we talked about that a lot, how in reverse, like, when we work with eating disorders, that many times those attributes that make somebody... Mm-hmm good at their disorder or need their disorder in turn make them good as an athlete that's almost what you said some of the things that you struggled with as a youth you were able to harness to good and make yourself such a great competitor exactly which is probably why that led you into coaching exactly (laughs) so tell us about your role as a coach and how i mean i've gone and um spoke to your athletes and it's just uh, amazing the array um and just the camaraderie that's there um, that's one of the reasons I was like, Carol, you'll, you'll love him because he has this way of just bringing his group together and they all are just so close. How do you develop that plan and kind of bring that out? And I know she's going to ask a little bit more about mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing is you asked a little bit about like, how did I get into coaching? Mm-hmm. So honestly, like once for me, I was rediscovering limits and I'm really big into that, that phrase rediscovering limits. Cause I think that you're constantly pushing that and pushing that envelope that I wanted that for other people that for me, it gave me so much insight into day to day. Like if you have to get up every day and be very specific with your time, if you have every day and be very intentional, like and dedicated, if you have to get up and and decide that, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and do this despite everything else in my life. I think that that will translate into every aspect of your life. Right. And that's what I wanted for people. I want them to feel empowered, uh, inspired, and able to do things outside of, of triathlon. So when I started coaching, that was the idea. is like, how can I bring this out and other people? And at first, I just kind of wrote spreadsheets and this and that. 
And I think that a lot of times when people hire a coach, they're like, yeah, I want somebody to, you know, write my program or I want somebody to tell me what to do. It's like a lot like nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. And just like nutrition is highly individualized. Like everybody's so different. I think that the biggest thing that I do as a coach is I I look at um, people and decide like, what is it they need from me? It might not be coaching. It might not be triathlon. It might be something entirely different. Mm And, and go ahead and bring that out in them. They're hiring me for a reason, right? The programming to me is an entry fee. It's like, it's not the easy part. I mean, it's complicated. However, it's like just the starting point. Mm-hmm. So what I love to do with our athletes is like, if I was to write your program, I would, I would figure out what your limiters are. We discuss that, figure out what your strengths are, figure out what your goals are, and then somehow figure out what the road is between that, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, road success isn't, about having no obstacles it's about going around obstacles but yeah i think that um in doing so the the real coaching comes out the coaching happens between the lines so like if i'm looking at somebody's program and let's say they're they're supposed to i don't know do like an eight mile run with repeats and all they did is run well that's great that they ran why don't we do the repeats and i might not ask them that but i might look into it and maybe there's something going on in their life that like they're just too stressed. So this program is obviously too much for them at this time. Mm-hmm. So they need to back it up. Or like maybe they're not doing a certain workout all the time. Why is it? Can we use this to their advantage? Is this something that they need to overcome? Is this something that we need to back off on? So it's really cool because you get all these little snippets of information and you get to a point where kind of like, you know, a thermostat, you want it to be at a certain temperature mm-hmm. and you can increase or decrease the temp like the gauge to try to get yourself there and uh my wife might hate me because I, I don't know if i said that right she's the hvac gal she's the one that does <laughs> sales for top notch <laughs> yeah shameless plug if you need something then talk to her right now. but anyhow like the the whole idea then is is to fine-tune it to each athlete highly individualized and no program is ever the same mm-hmm. oh great um, well, let's talk a little bit about overdoing. One of someone in your Wolfpack gave you the praise that you have a way of pushing your athletes to a level that they aren't aware that they can get to, yet also protect them from not overdoing. So I want to hear a little bit more how you determine when to push and when to pull and uh, a little bit over about overdoing. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing there is whenever somebody uh, wants to be competitive they usually are type A personalities anyway. Yeah. And they're going to want to push themselves and push themselves and push themselves. So part of it is kind of what I just talked about, discovering who this person is, what they, they need to do. So like if they are overly competitive, sometimes it's actually holding them back and yeah. that's the ticket. Um, a lot of times you, I truly believe that we are all stronger than we think. I truly believe that uh, a mindset is an opportunity and that we have the opportunity to always change our thoughts. Like it's mm-hmm. only a thought a thought can change. So I also think that, you know, in some cases, a lot of cases with athletes, the idea is to figure out like what specifically is holding them back in their mind and help them overcome that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of ask like, well, what would that look like? Or how does that, how does that work? So, you know, if you have somebody that is is not able to again train to their fullest capacity, whether there's work, whether there's life, or other stress, then then like you almost have to like lend 
them a belief mm-hmm. that they are that they can because I, I i believe they can mm-hmm. and i'll never tell them anything they don't believe however mm-hmm. like they have to borrow that from you at some point mm-hmm. so is that is that helpful or maybe yeah. You can ask? yeah so i like how you made the comment about sometimes they can be too competitive mm. so what does that look like as a coach like how do you rein that in and make it constructive yeah so like <clears throat> a lot of people want to always run or ride or work out and you know as hard as they can and it's really interesting because if you do that all the time, you'll never work out as hard as you can. Like mm-hmm. you'll never get to that capacity. So like you literally, they have to trust that number one, you're, you know what you're doing. <laughs> and number two, that like it's okay to, to have workouts that don't seem as hard. A lot of times I'll call them aerobic or low heart rate zone, not easy mm-hmm. because it doesn't have to be easy, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as it's easy, so you might decide, oh, I'm not even going to do it. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an easy so day. Yeah. It, re- it really is honestly just about allowing the person to tell you how they need to be coached and what specifically like you need to say. I know that sounds silly, but like as I'm saying it out loud, I mean, I really don't, I don't have a formula for how to hold people back, mm-hmm. it's it's literally like how does this person need to be talked to? Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing about your own experience, you said like that a little addictive personality yeah. that I've honed into, kind of the sport. Like for you, how has it been in terms of trying not to overdo it? Yeah, I mean, I need somebody to help me keep, uh, stay accountable. Yeah. Is you that know? your wife? No. <laughs> I, I've hired a coach this year. I uh-huh. have huge goals this year, so I got myself as far as I could without it. And it's been phenomenal. Really? Yes. Just because like you have to stay accountable to that program. And, you know, I trust her implicitly. Mm-hmm. And I know that like this, this makes total sense. I need to be told to help. I, you know, I need to be told to hold back. I yeah, need to be told. Yeah. I have no problem going. <laughs> right, yeah, so. But, so yeah. great. Even, yeah, I think we've heard this speak in like um, some of the professionals as therapists, like I think everybody needs somebody to help them check in. Oh yeah. Like we have peer groups, you know, in our professions, but yeah, even as an athlete, I think it's nice just to have your cheering squad too. And get a different perspective of like um, what's going on in my own head or my own belief system. Right. Or, um, you know, I am a coach. I could see that like, well, I do this, so I shouldn't need one myself. Yeah. Getting it stuck into that belief system, right? Oh, it's pretty easy, right? Mm-hmm. Your <laughs> yeah. main belief system, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I'm like, well, I'm a therapist. I shouldn't need my own therapist, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you do the yeah. should, we do. right? <laughs> <laughs> so what's Josh Wolf and the Wolf Pack got in store this this uh, coming up summer? Yeah, the Wolf Pack. That's so funny. I actually did not coin that. I just want to throw it out there. That happened <laughs> organically. <laughs> No, but I think your own group did. Right. They did. They did. <clears throat> and they're such a great group of people. One of the biggest things, you did ask this, I didn't want to get to this before I just started taking off in you know, a different direction, oh, is sorry. that the Wolf Pack, like, why is it such a, a great community? I believe because, like, it is open and, 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 you know, inviting, and it's intentionally so. Like, there are people there that are going to, like, all kinds of world championship events so unassuming and unpretentious and it, it's 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 a great place one of to them's be. my good buddy i'm so I proud know, of right? her and so anyway and so this year i feel so blessed in that um i get to go back to kona which is ironman world championships and you know we we intentionally are going this year and another person on our team's going so that'll be really fun and then we have like i want to say 10 people 
the, the, the number just keeps getting higher and higher that are going to like sacrifice their own time, their own vacation, fly out to Kona, and like we're going to have a huge presence at the Ironman World Championships. That's awesome. So they're going to they're gonna be cheering you on? Yes. Is that what they're there going yes. for? That's awesome. It's yeah. so cool. And then we have all types of other races. Like We're really involved with the local races this year. So Shiny Mission Park, um, the Kansas City Triathlon, and a couple others. We'll be at mm-hmm. the Kansas City Marathon. Mm-hmm. So we try to you know be part of the big you know community as well. But that's the big thing. That's yeah, so when cool. is Kona? October 12th. October 12th. Mm-hmm. 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 Ooh, gosh, we should find a reason to. I'll go to Kona. <laughs> right? <laughs> What's this like training for pack. that look like right now? Like, yeah. So right now it's. It'd be nothing for me. I'm like, I got so much time left, but. <laughs> <laughs> right now we're, we're pretty far out. Um, I'm around 18 hours a week. Okay. Depending on what's going on. It's around 10 to 12 hours of cycling. Mm-hmm. And it's around three to four hours of swimming. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is running a little bit of weights. And yeah. You know, when I squeeze in yoga and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like as you get closer? What's the peak amount of hours usually? I mean, you know, you think marathon, you go by mileage. This mm-hmm. is going to be a little different because you got mm-hmm. three sports to juggle. Yeah. So and this is important that if anybody ever wants to do a race like this, this is not normal. This is not something that you have to do. So, like, I might get up in that, you know, mid-20 range this year. Mm-hmm. But the goals are big, so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of why I'm doing that. And I think that, you know, it is an approachable thing. And it, I never thought I'd ever do this, mm-hmm. right? It's still crazy to even think <laughs> that I'm even talking about it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, such, a, it's such an honor to, to be on that, that spectrum. And I think starting is always the hardest in anything. So if, if you can just, like, start small. Like, if you can start with a small jog like five minutes can i commit to five you know five minutes mm-hmm. then you have no idea what could where it could lead mm-hmm. you know? right. yeah so anyway that's so it's, it's a lot of training yeah <laughs> and i think that is like for triathlon for triathlons just thinking of like okay i can get the running down but like trying to figure out the balance of three sports mm-hmm. um i think seems probably overwhelming for some people it can be mm-hmm. it can be yeah so this will be a really great question with all that training. Mm-hmm. How are you living out the fit philosophy, trying to balance your performance, managing health during all those demands, sure. mm-hmm. intellect, yeah. and some time for self and family, right? That's, that's a balance. very good yeah. question. And it's something <laughs> that I actually have to fight on a weekly basis, if not daily. And, and what I've noticed is if, if I'm not careful, I'm, I'm very uh, black or white, all in, all out. And I, I can I can have laser focus on certain things, and this is it this year. So other things do start to, to come about. Mm-hmm. So honestly, um, I, I made the the recommitment to start hanging out with you know our boys. They're teenagers now, mm-hmm. and like when I remember when they were kids, like really young, two to eight, all they wanted to do is hang out with you. And yeah. now all they want to do is play on electronics. So yeah, if you're not careful, yeah, no it's, not, it's not necessarily their fault, right? If you're not careful. Then I'm doing my thing, they're doing their thing, and I yeah. won't do anything with them. Yeah. So for me, I have goals that I make, and one of my goals this year was family to mm-hmm. reprioritize the family. So I actually visualize that, visualize what that looks like, and make attempts, even if small bucks at a time, to just hang out and do something with them. Like last night, I played Scrabble with them for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Just, it. just something that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Connected I think that, that, that that's kind of what I do in all as, you know aspects of life is what can I do 
within this small amount of time, whatever it is, and then just be intentional with it. Mm -hmm. Well, like you and your wife should start like a coffee blog. They go every (laughs) Monday. They try to hit like different coffee shops around Kansas City. I love following like where they go. We just started um, an Instagram page. So, yeah, uh, I think it's Kansas City Coffee Day. Awesome. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. (laughs) Kansas City Coffee Days. We just started it. Oh, okay. And the idea is to be intentional with your spouse, you know? Yeah. It it seems impossible to find the time. Mm -hmm. So, be intentional. That's what we would do. Like, our one thing and nothing will ever get in the way of it. Mm -hmm. So, we always make the time. Yeah. What's just some of your favorite coffee shops? Oh, there are so many. I love um, Valmayest. I know they've moved, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, I need I need so, to find where they're at again. So they've actually moved to the like, 75th in like yeah, Neiman. that's right. And mm-hmm. and they're in um, they're in the family tree nursery. Of course you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, on Wednesday I had. <laughs> is that the one that I've seen you guys have picture that's in a greenhouse? It is, yeah, it was awesome when it was really cold outside. Oh. We sat there, it was 80 degrees. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's my favorite. But what's yours? <laughs> I really don't have the you big like all favorite. Kinds of coffee. It'd be hard to to pinpoint a favorite. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I like different places for, uh-huh. for different reasons. You uh-huh. know, I like the ambiance of some places. I like just the coffee of others. And yeah, yeah. But that's not what we do. It we do it to to honestly just hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. And we have like organic conversations. It kind of mm-hmm. feels like this. We're yeah. like, what's life? How's life? What's going on? So, yeah. A way to reconnect. I exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it wouldn't for my husband and I, as we go for a quick walk before we come home and get ready for church, I wouldn't know what's going on. And then it's uninterrupted, you know, just right. he and I, and well, and Mason the dog. Sometimes he interrupts, but <laughs> definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I love well, those check-ins. My husband and I, like, we try to check in at least once a week because other than that, it's like we're ships passing the night. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. We so are a very really... busy society. And if uh-huh. we don't, like you said, don't be intentional with blocking yeah. it on the schedule, it's going to get filled. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting is I believe that busy is a mindset. So mm-hmm. if you talk to anyone, they're always busy. You're the right. person that's retired, they're busy. The mm-hmm. CEO, they're busy. Anyone you talk to is busy. So it's not that somebody's overly busy than the other person. It's just that, like, what are you doing with your time and how do you want to allocate it? Mm-hmm. So if you want so if you want to do something, it truly is merely just, like, spend one minute. I mean, it sounds silly, one minute doing it. And if you can't find one minute, you can't find any minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So... Anyway, that's that's something that I've found very helpful. I think that's helpful. a good point. I've just been finding, I've been saying that so much of like saying no or I don't know, excuses. And I'm like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm like, well, everybody's busy. But um, what does that mean for me? And why yeah. am I saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Probably just means you don't want to allocate the time for that because there's other things that are more important. And mm-hmm. yeah, some people will say like, oh, my gosh, you have this and that going on. And you're oh so busy. And I'm like. I don't think of it like that because I enjoy it. So it doesn't feel where other things like laundry or, as Royce would say, go to the grocery store. <laughs> I'm too busy for that. <laughs> we were having talks about grocery stores and how painful it is to want to be able well, to Well, if you think about that, like like everything can be sent to your house. We are talking about Amazon. Now you can pick a Target. Target. Like we don't have to actually go anywhere because we're so busy we can't yeah. go shopping anymore I know. I <laughs> but know. i think that definitely takes away from connection mm-hmm. you know absolutely organic oh, yeah. paths that get crossed that you never know you know just like being people. able to to meet you i know i was thinking the same thing so yeah. well thank you so much for coming in today and we'll be yeah, sure to put me. your um 
your email and other things if they want to connect with you and get you as a coach and join part of the wolf pack. There you go. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And then we'll follow you. Kona's usually on TV. We'll try to get you, spot you on TV. Yeah, they, they'll have a, a recap of it, but they actually have it live yeah. that, that day I know, for we eight usually hours watch at ironman.com. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We love like the those documentaries that I'm like they're still going they're still going they're still going wait I've already had two meals in between there <laughs> yeah, that's still great. going we'll be cheering you on <laughs> thank All you right. so much well, thanks for having me you bet bye queens thank you to our sponsor today Sentimano Counseling Sentimano Counseling is the premier perinatal mental health practice in Kansas City treating mood disorders during pregnancy and postpartum perinatal loss, infertility, eating, and exercise disorders. Go to sentimano.com for further information about the practice and services. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.